Cold Stove. We're back. A little mail, like, uh, what was that show? Mail? Something? What's that old army show? Mash? In the six- Mash. Mash. Mail time. Gunny Bodette or Gunny, what's whatever his name. I'm some, some, some poor, like, middle-aged man out there just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> uh, NRD, how are you? I'm good. Um, nice and chilly in the rumor cave today. Turn the oh, AC on. Screw you. It's 62 in here right now. Maybe some might say it's a little cold, but I'm a big, you can always get warm guy. You can't, you can warm up with layers. You can't get cooler. That's the, that's the argument. The, the argument's over. That's it. The argument is over. Once you put on more layers to get warmer, the argument's over. You can't do that when it's hot out. Uh, cold front came through in Austin, Texas, NRD, and uh, now it's 93 and feels like 99. So we're, we're you know, we're not 103, which is nice. On top of that, I don't know if you saw my tweet, uh, found a cockroach today in my laundry. Oh, that's or, a excuse me, start. Not a cockroach. Found a cockroach in my uh, bathroom probably a week ago. Scorpion. There's a scorpion in my fucking laundry basket today. I was taking clothes out, putting them in the, in the wash, put, took out a pair of shorts, and a scorpion dropped into the rest of the pile. So if number one was cockroach, number two was scorpion, uh, I don't know what you did, but you're on plagues two through ten. You're on plague two yeah, of yeah. ten right now. I don't know I if somebody's the- trying to tell you something, but. <laughs> it was wild. I've, I'm like, how does a scorpion even get in your home? I'm on the third floor. Like, I don't get it. So now I'm, I am suspecting foul play. I think the guy I had a, uh, I had a light fixture fixed to my apartment via work order. So I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking my man just dropped a scorpion in my laundry basket. It's possible. Just make sure you don't find a horse head in your bed tonight. I know. I tell you what, maybe I, who knows if, if we drop a rumor, somebody doesn't like that'll happen. But yeah. So instead of, uh, like it's, I didn't know what to do, you know, cause you're, you have, I don't want to like pull the t-shirt out cause it kind of scampered back in and hid. So I didn't know exactly where it was. So I just dumped all of the clothes in the washer and fired it up. So I'm hoping it's dead by drowning, I guess. It's the hole. And or, yeah, that's what I hope. So I took the clothes back out, had no sign of it when I put stuff in the dryer. So we'll see. We'll see, NRD. We shall see. Uh, let's talk hockey, though. Um, congratulations. To the St. John's Sea Dogs, winners of the Memorial Cup. There you go. First, uh, first host team in a couple of years to win, um, which I always thought was funny. I, I, Memorial Cups like four teams, and one team can just be the the host squad. And yeah, win. it's like they get an automatic bid. Automatic like bid. Oh, and nineteen for the year. But Literally, you, you could you could win three games all season and win the Memorial Cup. I, also, I think it's weird that they don't do a series. It's just one game. Right, listen, winner take all. Winner take all, but Michigan it's just like, ball. yeah, I just, I don't understand that. I, the Moral Cup's weird. I love the idea of pitting the Q and the O and the W like against each other, but maybe if they're like the USHL winner in that, and that's the four. Maybe, maybe you're onto something. Hey, better yet, NRD, maybe do the top four teams from each and you have an actual tournament. How about that? Uh, how about that is right. <laughs> uh, also, congratulations, obviously, to the Colorado Avalanche winners of the 2021-2022 Stanley Cup NRD. Um, not to pump our own tires, my own tires, the team that trades for Arturi Lekkinen will raise the Stanley Cup. 
quote uh, from Brett Merriman on this very podcast, I believe, in February. So You're Brett Merriman. That's me. Um, shouts to Arturi Lekkinen. I, I was kind of said that like a sing-song, like a, like a potion master, like a, a wizard. A Listen, team that trades for Poetic. Arturi. Yeah, who, thank you. Who scored the second goal in that game? Arturi Lekkinen. Did. Yeah, it's quite poetic. So uh, now that the playoffs are over, that's where our work begins, NRD. It's it's nice to talk about the playoffs. We talk about NRD bets and Schmerman bets, and we kind of break down games and you like their forecheck, like the way they score goals, they like the way Arturi Lekkinen plays, but that's not our game, you know? No. You know what our game is? We get yes. in the weeds. Yep. We get in the weeds. We get in the rumor mills. NRD's got his hard hat on under the desk or in the rumor cave. He's going anywhere, just trying to just trying to sniff some things out, NRD. So let me ask you this. Rumor came out today from uh, Buddy Merles that Boston and Jim Montgomery closing in uh, on him being the coach there. Are you buying or are you selling that rumor to use a very cliche sports show uh, reference? Um, shouts to Jim Cramer, Mad Money. I'm going to hit the sell button right now. Do, 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 do. I sell, wish I sell, had some. Sell, other... sell, 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 I, I, I have a, a whole roadcaster board full of sound effects here. I don't think I have a sell one. Sell, sell. The reason why I'm selling right now is this. From what I had known and what we had said on this podcast, we had Pete Blackburn, who is plugged in in the Boston scene. Everybody knows Pete. Good guy. Friend of the show. Glad to have him here. We spoke about David Quinn, perhaps. Jay Leach, perhaps. Being two of the guys that had the lead in the clubhouse for that coaching position. Um Never really heard Monty's name connected deeply to Boston. Maybe they did their due diligence on him early on in the process, but it was always Quinn and Leach. Then, you know, yesterday, Elliot goes out and says we're going to have clarity on the Boston coaching situation within the next 24 to 48 hours or so. Mm -hmm. Then Jim Vellucci's name, or Mike Vellucci? Mike Vellucci. Mike Vellucci. Um, I'm thinking of Jim Belushi, the Saturday Night Live um, actor. Mike Vellucci's name comes out per uh, per Frank Saravalli of the Daily Faceoff. Basically says that he was also in the mix and received a couple interviews with the Boston Bruins organization and that the finalists appeared to be Quinn, Leach, and Vellucci. Now, didn't hear Vellucci's name, but the Quinn and Leach part, that's pretty much what we discussed with Pete on, a, on an episode a couple weeks ago and what we discussed on our last episode here on the Cold Stove Pod. The only place I really heard Jim Montgomery's name linked to Boston stronger than due diligence was through Elliot. Who said it earlier on in the league, uh, earlier on in the week on the Jeff Merrick show, mentioned that Montgomery might have a path to becoming the head coach there, and then things got quiet. It looked like at one point yesterday David Quinn was going to get that job behind the bench, um, and now the tweet from Merles today. I think that things are so up in the air right now in Boston, and maybe that's you know the play by Don Sweeney and Cam Neely in that front office there is to just not let anything leak out of the building and maybe sift out the leaks there. Until they hire a head coach. It could be Jay Leach. It could be David Quinn. It could be Jim Montgomery. The only thing with Monty, though, is, and Kevin Weeks had tweeted out um, the morning of when we were recording this, that he's a finalist for the Winnipeg job. And that's where I heard he'd have a great shot at the head coaching position in in Winnipeg. So basically, it came down to if, if Winnipeg could not get trots, that's so Jim Montgomery sort of, is he option B or is he just kind of the, the, the pool gets much larger at that point? I think that the pool gets larger. It's just that Jim Montgomery, they obviously thought highly of, just like the Flyers did, just like many teams do. Um, it's about getting the right deal and bringing him in and seeing if he's the right coach for that club, which, I mean, Winnipeg can go in 
17 different directions now. There's rumors and reports about Pierre-Luc Dubois potentially being on the move. The New York Rangers are sniffing around there. So we'll see what direction Winnipeg goes in based on the head coach they hired. There's Pascal Vincent there, assistant coach in Columbus with the Blue Jackets also in the mix. Yeah, in, and Weetzie also mentioned like a Scott Arneal in Winnipeg as well. Um, and Jeff Blaschel, everybody's, everybody's favorite uh, retread. <laughs> who I, I'm sure he's a great coach. I just, he doesn't scream head coach to me at this point. He's gotten two tries, right? Yeah. I mean, where, where else is he going to work out? It's similar to Dave Haxtall, who's the head coach. In That's, State. you know what? I'm thinking of Haxtall. No, you're with well, Haxtall Philly, had a Philly and Seattle. Philly and Seattle. Yeah. I think Blaschel only got Detroit. Detroit. Okay. Correct. That's where but I was. Similar thinking. coach in that, you know, maybe underachieved at the start with a team that was ready to compete and basically took that team from a fringe contender to rebuilder. Like they anybody that backwards. looks anybody that, that looks that much like Pierre Maguire, you just it's tough. It's just tough. Tough start. No, no comment. Uh speaking of Detroit, uh we had thought and mentioned and reported all along that basically it was going to wait till the lightning are no longer in the Stanley Cup playoffs to inter uh intern, not an intern job, uh to interview. Uh, Halpern and Derek Lalonde. Lalonde? Lalonde? Lalonde. Lalonde. No, Derek um, That seems still to be the case. I uh, haven't heard much else other than those two names. Have you, NRD? There's a tweet yesterday that went out, and I'm going to pull it up right now, live on air, that talked about, uh, it was actually from Weeksy, talking about Derek Lalonde, Derek Lalonde being in Detroit yesterday to interview for that job. So there you go. He's the first. We don't know if Halpern is interviewed yet. But Lalonde was... Uh, the name that we had thrown around on the show, maybe more so than Jeff Halpern. Could go to and either, I, but Lalonde appears to be the name that is ready, and he's been mentioned in other circles for a head coaching position around the league. Yeah, and I think part of the Halpern stuff would be a Halpern uh, going along with Lalonde to Detroit as a you know assistant, uh, player development, whatever you whatever you may, you know. Um tag along with that's that's kind of the smoke there. But that's the latest in the coaching carousel. So I think by you know this time next week, should be Boston figured out, should be Detroit probably figured out, and Winnipeg, I would imagine so too. Is there a date in your mind that were well, like do coaches need to be figured out? Is it like do you need a coach by the draft, NRD? I think it's severely overstated to need a coach by the draft. In a perfect world, you'd like to have your coach by the NHL entry draft, but you don't necessarily need one. I think that's overplayed. Um, it's a very different draft than, say, the NFL draft, where you're right, where, where these all, guys are all picks yeah. and all rounds are going to be on the roster that year. You're talking about kids that are maybe outside the top fifteen, not sniffing the NHL for another three seasons. So I think you're you're drafting in the best interest of your organizational direction, which is coming from you know your director of hockey ops, your general manager. You know, like there's I'm not saying the coach doesn't have input in that, but it, there's less importance for the current on-ice system that you're running in the NHL draft. Would you support a draft age being like a 20 years old versus 18? I don't know if that changes much. The game is just extremely different from sport to sport. Like, I don't think you're going to get more guys entering the league in their first year the older they are. I don't know. It's a, it's a good discussion. I just... I don't think that you're going to see that because these kids are still, I mean, even if they're playing at 20, where are they playing from their year 18 to 20 year? Well, they're still in the queue. 
Maybe they go overseas and play in the SHL or play. I was going to say, that's where you make a new league. Oh, the, well, the, the up and comers league. Well, there's layers to this onion. If, if we want to build, this oh, thing, yeah. we can do it. I mean, we yeah. already failed on the Austin Coyotes, but if we want to start up a league, we can do it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure that's out of the, the did you see the currently the newest, uh, wrench in the Tempe Coyote plan is that the, the rink is supposed to be built within a flight zone. So there's sound and elevation problems with the Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport. That's cool. Yeah. Li- lovely stuff going on there. But, but maybe you make the elite 16 to 20 lead. Uh, and, you know, whether it's the USHL or it's the combo league, it's basically like, okay, it's a paid league in America and Canada. It can even be some sort of farm system ish thing it's like junior plus so you take the best kids out of the queue you every kid is making you know making 100 grand type of thing and uh you can allow 16 year olds in and 17 year olds but it's sort of that boom 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 and then it's basically college it's college football for hockey you turn to college maybe throw college I, I don't know but i'm just saying that 20 years old is like the draft year everybody's in it you don't have to worry about this kid being 17 or 18 or 19, whatever. It's just like, boom, you get one You get one draft. Maybe that's the way it goes. Sounds like a lot of work, um, but I'd enjoy that. I would speaking too. of Well, speaking really quick on your last point about the Sky Harbor Airport being sure. a cog in the machine for the Arizona Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be fitting if after 30 years of moving from Winnipeg to Arizona, a jet is what takes down the Coyotes' long-term stay? There you go. In Arizona. How poetic would that be? You're welcome, everybody. There you go. Uh, Real quick on the front office side of things. The biggest shoes to fill, I guess I'll put it, is the GM job of the San Jose Sharks, NRD. A couple names, uh, Ray Whitney and Kevin Wheat, still kind of in the mix there. Quote coming out of the uh, Sharks, I guess, management is that it will be a first time gm any thoughts on the sharks front it will be a first time gm ray whitney another name um that has been thrown around keep an eye on mike greer mikey greer buffalo kid keep an eye on mike greer for that position um name that's been popping up in the last little while interesting uh let's go into whip around mode shall we we need a sound effect for this because this is going to be, full disclosure, this is going to be a little bit of a con- compact cold stove today um, because there's just a lot going on, a lot we got to dig into. Draft day will be a much larger cold stove. Maybe even, uh, might, might even be a little live for that one. It's a possibility. We shall possibility. see. Possibility. Uh, Adam Gaudet, former Northeastern Husky, no longer uh, associated with the Senators. They're not picking up his contract, NRD. Would you take a flyer on Adam Gaudet? Um. Toby Baker winner, if I'm not mistaken, right? Sure was. Sure was. Um, listen, we've seen guys turn their career around in the A, or at least go back to the A and work on some stuff and then pop back up. I'm not saying he's going to be a first-line forward like maybe people thought he was at one point, but I would take a flyer on him to build depth in the organization. No doubt. I mean, he's played kind of like never really stuck in Vancouver. Did have one good year. I mean, 33 points in 59 games. It's not. That's not nothing. Um. A certain team that plays in Buffalo that I would love to take a flyer on that needs forward help, always needs forward depth, always needs more skill in that lineup. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. He's going to be a $750,000 player. 
So uh, hope Adam Gaudet lands in a place where he can sort of revitalize his career and has never really been given the opportunity in Vancouver, never really given the opportunity in Chicago and Ottawa, same deal. So looking, uh, hoping for the best for Adam Gaudet. Maybe he gets, just changes things up, new team, fresh start for him, ideally. Uh, speaking of the Sabres, they extend Craig Anderson uh, one year, $1.5 million dollars. Also signed uh, perennial AHL stud Sean Malone, who uh, is going to get a, a go with a big club at the very least. So happy for him. Anything on Craig Anderson and what that means for the Sabres in your mind? It means that they are rewarding Craig Anderson for going out there and having a pretty decent season, all things considered, at what, yeah. the age of 52 now. Um, so that's okay. cool. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> but, you know... I still think that they're going to big fish hunt for goaltending. John Gibson, maybe not available. Connor Hellebuck could possibly be, be could possibly be available. Vili Husso will be available, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to be able to afford what the open market value is on Vili Husso. Also scared of that Vili Husso contract. Yeah, I, give me give me two years before I know what you are as a goalie. Goalie, hot goalies scare me, man. Well, St. Louis did it with Bennington, and look what that turned out to be. Do we even know? I, I don't know. I mean, he looked all right. Bennington looked like a top 10 goaltender in the playoffs until he got hurt. Correct. In the regular season, he did not. Billy Huso was starting. Billy Huso did. And then yeah. they flip flopped. Yep. So, so I mean, who it, knows? Yeah, it, it's still out on, on Bennington, but there's your example of paying a hot goalie. A, a, a lot of money. What I, I, what I think happens here is Craig Anderson is the 1B to a. As of yet, unsigned 1A, and I think UPL Uko Pekalukinen, um, in turn Adam's favorite uh, favorite guy to write down in the show notes. Uko Pekalukinen is uh, probably slated for a full time slate in the A at this point, because if if their plan right now is to go 1A Uko Pekalukinen, 1B Craig Anderson, don't agree with it. NRD, We're don't have agree a lot with more it. Buffalo talk on this podcast. I know we will. I know we will. Uh, the Kings, LA Kings making moves before the draft, trading for Kevin Fiala and then extending him at 7.9 AAV, um, sending back Brock Faber. Do you like that trade for both sides? Oh, also, they're 2022 first. Let me throw that in there. I do like the move. I did tweet out something last night. Um, maybe it was a little inebriated when I tweeted it. Ooh, NRD getting in one on a Wednesday. But I said um, something to the effect of this might be controversial, but I think Fiala is going to be worth every penny. Um, there you go. I, I, with that lineup, what he can Noted do, hot dude as well. Uh, didn't we call him Didn't we call him like a noted locker room kind of a dick last week? He's a dickhead, yeah, but yeah. he's a good-looking dude. Yeah. But he is in L.A. now, and he's going to play a very fast brand of hockey for that Kings team. With the guys that can keep up with him, I mean, QB, Quinton Byfield has the potential to be a great center in the National Hockey League. I don't know if he's going to play with Byfield per se. I think he'd stick him on a line with Anze Kopitar. And there's an elite winger who can score goals. And I think he's going to earn every penny, almost $8 million, $8 million of it over the next eight years. Yeah, really good contract for them. Um, I, I kind of like, I, I love Brock Faber too for Minnesota. And a first-round pick. I think that's a great trade all around. Really great I, trade. Frankly, I don't know why the Sabres didn't do that. But, you know, that's sometimes it's just like you 
I wonder if GMs don't act on things because they think it the price is going to be too high, and then all of a sudden you see the you see the price, and it would have been you know call it sixteen and Ryan Johnson, and that gets him Kevin Fiala. Maybe they're not ready to go there yet. I I guess Ryan Johnson sort of doesn't have a spot next year. And you know like I just, I just I don't get it, but happy for the uh, for both teams. I think that's going to be a a solid you know win win trade. Good deal. Also, reportedly, the Kings aren't done. So, no, we'll I think see, they're looking at the defensive market. We'll see what happens there. Um, speaking, of, I was trying to, I was trying to pivot into a speaking of defensive market. I don't have one. I have a forward though. If you want to talk to Pierre Luc Dubois, yeah, going to New York uh, Rangers. Yeah. So, story broke from RDS yesterday, which is like the um, TSN of Quebec. Quebec. And voilà, la, uh, uh, très bien, très, 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 Unhappy in Winnipeg, or maybe not unhappy, but will test the market in 2024 when he's a free agent. Yep, widely reported on that one. Widely reported there. So doesn't stop teams from making the call now to see if a deal can get done. We know that the Rangers and the Winnipeg Jets have been good trade partners. They just gave him, mm-hmm. you know, a first uh, first round pick for Andrew Kopp. So maybe there's something. There. I mean, the Rangers need a second line center. No matter how you look at it and where it comes from, whether they want to supplement that, maybe maybe sign two third line guys and then hope Philip Heedle grows into that center. Maybe Philip Heedle goes the other way in a trade for PLD. Did find it interesting though um, that Elliot Friedman on the That's Hockey Talk podcast, um, shouts to those guys, uh, mentioned that Evgeny Malkin, if the Rangers can lock him up, to a short-term deal that pays him enough that he wants in the next year or so and then be done with that contract, would that be appealing for Malkin and would that be appealing for the New York Rangers? Interesting. It's spe- I, I think I, from what I interpreted, it was speculation from Elliot, but it's something to ponder. I mean, he's a perfect guy. I, we, I think we said this last week on the show. The Rangers are in a weird spot where if the salary cap was up at like 92.5, where we think it's going to go in the next year mm-hmm. when it rises again, Evgeny Malkin would be the perfect center for this Rangers club that's ready to make that next step and win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Get him Malkin playing with and Panarin. Panarin on his. Yeah, yeah like that's that's a perfect center. Unfortunately, they really can't afford it. But, you know, maybe they can. Maybe stranger things have happened. Uh, Ranger things have happened. How do you like that one, Brett? Wow, NRD. But, Good, goodness, you're on the ball today. Yeah, I got one. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think that there is uh, some truth to the Rangers going after PLD. Maybe kicking the tires on Evgeny Malkin, maybe a Paul Stastny, maybe a guy that can step in and win some faceoffs and make some plays for Artemi Panarin. Yeah, I think a, a fun two weeks coming up because uh, you know guys have to get signed. RF, there's going to be an offer sheet here and there. There's going to be trades made ahead of the draft, maybe during the draft, and then it kind of quiets down. Free agency hits, and it's all about that. But like this is this is trade season. We're kind of sneaking into trade season. I got my tag. That's a hunting reference. And we're uh, we're ready to go. Uh, speaking of trades, Ilya Mikheyev, his rights are available in Toronto. Um, any smoke to this, or is this sort of like kind of, uh, hey, by the way, if we want to speed this process up, here we go. If you're 
if you're a team that wants to sign Ilya Mikheyev and you're uh, Toronto, who you know you're not bringing him back, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be a big haul for Toronto. I think it's more so just a team that wants to step up and maybe we'll give you a, a fifth or a fourth, and maybe that entices Toronto enough. Maybe they could generate an artificial bidding war, putting that out there through Elliott this morning. There you go. That's that's what kind of it smells like to me. Um, more more media news today. Uh, the Canadians reportedly would like to add somebody else in the top ten, along with their first overall pick. Uh, do you do you buy that, or do you have any teams that maybe make sense for the Canadians there? Canadian, listen, I Canadians are an interesting team right now because I thought after the Shea Weber trade, right, and you bring in. Evgeny Dadanov or Dadanov or whatever you want to call him. I had tweeted something out about Chris Letang. Now, obviously, there's a connection there with Ken Hughes, Chris Letang being a free agent. There's a few options mm-hmm. for Chris Letang. And then people got on me right away and said they're not going to sign another over 35 defenseman to that type of contract. But if you watch Chris Letang in the first round against the New York Rangers this year in the playoffs, he has a lot to provide still to a club. And I think he was the most important defenseman on that team. If you're a team like Montreal and you could bring in a Chris Letang, I know it's a rebuild in Montreal, so they're not going to be ready necessarily to compete next year. But you bring in a guy like Letang, works with some of the younger defensemen there, can move the puck, can still produce at a high level. Maybe see where this takes you in three years, two years. Maybe sign him to a three- or four-year deal, pay him enough. And maybe on the tail end, he's still valuable as a third-pair you know, power play defenseman in two or three years from now when you're ready to compete. Similar to you know the Rangers rebuild, right? Yeah, and what New no Jersey doubt. plans on being this year. Like, I think similar to what New Jersey did with P.K. Subban, they just did it a little too early. You bring in a guy like that, you have a bunch of kids, maybe you get hot and make a run, circa, you know, the Rangers, the Anaheim Ducks this year when we thought mm-hmm. they were going to make a run at the playoffs, the Kings, and you have a guy like Latang there in, in Montreal who can stay strong in the back end. Yeah, really interested to see, one, what Montreal does in kind of their first full, hey, like this is the group, we're moving forward with, especially in the front office and coaching staff. And like, what's the team dynamic look like? I mean, you bring in dad enough, like that's, that's a win now ish move. It's smart sending out Shea Weber's contract. So we'll see. I, I think Carey Price, you know, will what happens there obviously um, decides a lot of what they do in the off season. And I, I don't think we have much of an update. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but Let's see where that goes. Um, at, at one overall, by the way, the Canadians do have that first overall pick. Uh, and the draft is in Montreal, which will be fun for all parties involved. Logan Cooley, Shane Wright, and Yuraj Slavkovsky. Slavkovsky? Slavkovsky. Do you, any, anybody there, like, it's always been Shane Wright, Shane Wright, Shane Wright, right? Is this all kind of smoky, like Slavkovsky's getting the number one ranking now and everybody's like, don't count out Cooley? Is this just kind of like a, we know what's going to happen and there's there needs to be more buzz? I don't know. Slavkovsky, he's a good player. I really am higher on him than some are. I know the charts don't necessarily look too good for him, but I think he could be a good winger in the National Hockey League. And Shane Wright seems like the first overall pick without a doubt, but... Maybe I mean, if Montreal, there's a there's a wild rumor out there that Montreal wants to acquire number two from the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> Montreal goes one and two. Take Shane is, right uh, and Slavkovsky. If there's any year to do it, it's I don't like this year is kind of down overall, right? Like, yeah. but Shane Wright is not the the 
There's no stud. It's it's kind of like the Nico Hischer draft. Yeah. It's just kind of all a lot of good players, a lot of NHL players, but there's no generational studs here. And that's to your point. If there's any year to do it, that's the year. I mean, you have an opportunity there to get two for the price of one. I mean, you're going to have to give something up, but double up and see which one, you know, turns out to be the, the top player that you really wanted to select. Why not? Um, Philip Forsberg uh, has had his agent give the Predators an offer back. So now we are in the full negotiation phase. There's been offers exchanged on both sides. Does that give you, um, I I would guess, more confidence that this deal gets done sooner than later? Or is this kind of like a courtesy offer and we're going to take our talent elsewhere? Courtesy offer to me. Interesting. I think Philip Forsberg's going to hit the free agent market. Even if he does return to Nashville, why wouldn't you test the market at this point? No, he's he's old enough. He's earned it. Like why why not? Tell the David Poyle, dude. Like I I'm I'm all in on coming back. Once I hear what else is out there, and then if you all give you the chance to match it, gentlemanly, right? If you can, great. If you can't, it's been fun. It's been fun. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but but interesting that they did provide an offer back reportedly not in the same ballpark um jesse pull yarvi remember him nrd pool party he's back in edmonton i mean for all the crap that he had went through in the past couple of years about how edmonton's just gonna get rid of him maybe he's gonna get traded to new york for leas anderson he showed mm-hmm. back up to his credit and played really really well he sure did and to his credit he's again in uh, in trade rumors um Reportedly, his time with the Edmonton Oilers potentially coming to an end, I think, is that their best piece of trade bait right now in Edmonton, and that's kind of why they need to do any of this this media pumping? Yeah, I mean, we see it all the time. We just talked about it with Mikheyev just playing through the media, you know? It's, oh, yeah. It's something that teams do all the time. Never forget the, uh, the Calgary offer for Jack Eichel. Okay, that might be perfect example the the example <laughs> it happens it, if you're if you're Edmonton and you're going to get rid of Pooley Yarvey because you're going to have to if you're going to bring back Evander Kane because they're just a little redundant. the uh, San Jose San Jose Shark Evander Kane well I mean so that's the interesting <laughs> thing I had heard and, and I saw it through you know some account um I don't know who said it I, I want to give full credit to them but so I'll, I'll circle back and do it on next week's show but someone said that San Jose's not going to want him if if he's San Jose's property. Edmonton's going to want him. Ed, San Jose is going to have no leverage to you know make a trade there. Edmonton mm-hmm. could dump the cat contract of Zach Cassian on on San Jose. Dump that contract on him for Evander Kane because there we go. They're powerless in that negotiation. Like Edmonton's going to have a mm-hmm. path here. Oh yeah, and a lot of gymnastics to be played salary cap wise, like. Edmondson's got to resign Yamamoto. They got to resign Pugliarvi if they want to. I guess maybe his rights are what's being dangled out there. And if some team wants to offer Sheetham to be my guest, sort of thing. Uh, and Ryan McLeod, who one of my favorite, obviously uh, players that I've, I've really took a liking to in the playoffs. And then they got the vets: Kyle Turris, remember him? Colton Sevier, Vander Kane, Derek Brassard, Josh Archibald—all free agents this year. Could be a, a different looking team over there uh, in Edmonton. Speaking of different-looking teams, Vancouver will be looking very different as well. JT Miller and Brock Besser both have done nothing but increase their trade value. 
So do you see either of them being traded? I know this is the smokiest of all smoke. Uh, it's it's almost like a brisket with these two. It's been on it's been on the smoker for that long. Depending on how about who you that ask, one? How about that one? There was one? a podcast that said that JT Miller ain't going anywhere at the trade deadline. It was this one. Uh, it was this one. Okay, just making sure. Since then, though, does that does that rebuild and does that retooling start with JT Miller or Brock Besser going the other way? If JT Miller wants eight and a half million, which is what was reported, then yeah, it mm-hmm. starts with JT Miller. You got to get rid of JT Miller. I don't think he's worth that money. He's been he's been really good. I'm not going to take anything away from him. Played good in Tampa. Could argue that he was another one of those centers that got to play with Kucherov and Stammer, and that's hard to not play well with those guys. But backed it up in Vancouver to his credit this year. I just don't know if you're a team like Vancouver who's going to retool this thing and want to and wants to compete for the long term. How you pay JT Miller eight eight and a half million is beyond me. There's going to be a team that wants to pay him that money. Do you think JT Miller's price went up when they brought in Andre Kuzmenko by any chance? It's a good, it's a good question. I, it's tough to determine whether the two are related because, like as we said last week, the infusion of talent is what Vancouver needs. Right? We're just going to continue to add guys to this roster, whether it's Besser, Miller, Kuzmenko, Pedersen. Like we just we need to build and have guys who could score goals. But at the same time, they do go hand in hand. Why I feel like JT Miller. Makes so much sense in New Jersey. I don't know. He does. I, I don't think... It's a weird thing because I don't know if he's worth that much money. And I don't know if New Jersey should give up the second overall pick for him, but he's one of those guys. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. We'll New see, Jersey's uh, going to spend. Th- we said this last week. New Jersey's going to spend money. I, I still well, think Johnny Gaudreau, but we'll see. If I'm Lindy Ruff and I have the hottest seat in the NHL going into October 1st next year, I'm telling Tom Fitzgerald, buy everybody. We need to. We need to, We need wins now. That's all I care about. We'll see. We will see. We'll see. Let's get. Uh, let's get soft with it, NRD. This is some of the more the more squishy stuff. We'll do some more news and notes as it happens over the next week, going into the NHL draft a week from tomorrow. Correct. The seventh. Friday. Friday night, or is it Thursday night next week? Thursday night, and then Friday day. Got it. Okay, so six days. No, a week. A week from today. I'm sorry. I, I can't, I've mind is all over the place today. A week from today, the NHL draft. Very much looking forward to that. Do um, you get a chance to catch the um, Avalanche Red Wings ESPN Plus doc? Unrivaled. Fantastic documentary. Insanely good. Very very Insanely good. Did you good. watch it on ESPN Plus or did you watch it on ESPN when it aired? Uh, ESPN Plus on demand. Okay, so the ESPN Plus cut had a little bit more on the Colorado Avalanche than the than the TV one. Yeah, I think it had like a whole twenty minutes more. Yeah, I mean, worth worth watching it on ESPN Plus. Really, really, really good. And that twenty minutes was basically how they went into depth about the Red Wings after the rivalry kind of started to fizzle out. That twenty minutes mm-hmm. was their the Avs POV, which they didn't show on it. Yeah, the Red Wings one, but really good documentary. Um, Tim Peel, Peelzy had a tweet, and Peelzy and I had an exchange on Twitter the other night talking about just how sad and how, you know, refreshes the memory of um, those Detroit players, the Russian players that got into that accident in the limousine. Oh, I know. I know. It's, it, I remember watching the Russian Five documentary, and that a lot of the same kind of vibes and footage there, but uh, so sad. But that, what I mean, I'm so glad he, he made it, you know? And they did everything. Right. They called the limo. They didn't drive drunk. And it, they tell the story about how the wings were out um, 
celebrating the cup when they were at a golf course and mm-hmm. Slava Fatisos was in the limo as well. You know, there was a trainer there and they did everything by the book. Right. They called the limo and it was the limo driver who was unfortunately driving without a license on the BMW. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just, just awful. But that being said, really good documentary. Um, Claude Lemieux and, and Darren McCarty are kind of the focal points sort of narrating through this whole thing. And, and my goodness, did Chris Draper get hit hard. I, I, Every time I see that hit, I, I get chills. Still hasn't spoken to Claude Lemieux. We'll never forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, but Darren McCarty and Claude Lemieux have forgiven each other. Yeah, they have a pretty good pretty good uh, rapport up there on that stage. Um, speaking of guys in the 90s that may have defected from the Soviet Union. Oh, here we go. I've been waiting for this. Oh, oh Alexander Medilny. Now, snubbed again for the Hall of Fame. And... Uh, one of my favorite Buffalo Sabres of all time had a, you know, a, a, a second career basically in Toronto where he was all everything still. I just don't, I don't, I don't understand the hall of fame balloting is so just so interesting to me. It's, it's kind of like baseball has the same problem. Like why, why the criteria it, like you played a thousand games, you should have a thousand points, like make it a criteria where it's automatic and take this subjectivity out of it. Because I know, like the the, the knock on Magilny is that he's kind of uh, like he wouldn't go to the ceremony or he wouldn't do this, like he wouldn't be an an ambassador for the Hall of Fame, and he's got some some like some not sketchy, like I'm not saying like Soviet sketchy, uh, like on that side of things, he's got some like Banyan players' wives sketchy stuff. So it's like, but Patrick, Sharp if the Hall of Fame, uh, NBC, uh, yeah, but like. If you're putting, if character is a part of this Hall of Fame evaluation, that's why he's missing out on it. But why, why he's a Hall of Fame hockey player? Hall of Fame hockey player. It's not, it's not the NHL Hall of Fame. It is the Hockey Hall of Fame. He is a Hall of Fame hockey player, and the fact that he's not in is isn't is crazy. It's just crazy to me. I don't get it. I don't get it. And Jr. is is getting the same treatment. There's because Jr. is outspoken and and. Yeah, because he tweets, and he doesn't agree politically with with many. You <laughs> so can argue the same, maybe a little bit more out there, but you can argue the same for Theo Fleury. Sure, no, it's just another member of the triple. I mean, you look at guys like I think of the grouping of you know because we there was a big Twitter uh, to do about it after the Hall of Fame announcement. You think of Mogilny, member of the quadruple gold club, won a World Junior and the World Championship, the Stanley Cup, and an Olympic gold. Over a point per game player in his career. Played over a thousand games. Rocket Richard winner. Like you mentioned, the first player to defect, um, which is. That should be Hall of Fame worthy in itself. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's not the NHL Hall of Fame. And some people mess mm-hmm. that up. This is the International Hockey Hall of Fame for every facet of the sport. That should be enough to put you in if you're Mogilny. But then you look at Mogilny. Correct. You look at, like you said, JR, who's won at the highest levels of the sport. You look at Theo Fleury, who is above a point per game player as a member of the Triple Gold Club. There are guys... Keith, Keith Tuchuk. Another guy that's Pierre Turgeon. I mean, people go yeah. back and forth on Pierre Turgeon, but another guy who's had over 1,000 points in his career that's well-deserving of the Hall of Fame nominee. Like, it's confusing to me. It's not a slight against the members of the Hockey Hall of Fame because all are deserving in their own right. But... Mm-hmm. It just, it, 
it rubs me the wrong way still to see guys like Daniel Alfredson. Great player. I'm not taking anything away from Alfie. But maybe it was maybe the tale of Daniel Alfredson was built to Paul Bunyan levels of proportion just because of what he did. He was the captain in Ottawa at a time where the franchise was at its peak. And he did a lot for that community and a lot for the sport in Ottawa since coming back to the league in 93. So, like, maybe that, the lore of Daniel Alfredson pushes him through. But then why isn't Mogilny? Why isn't Turgeon? And why isn't JR? Kachuk? Fleury? Like, there are guys that are snubbed year in and year out. It almost, at this point, you almost need, like, how the, the Baseball Hall of Fame, which has their own problems in their own right, but has a, like, a, a, a master's division. So it's like after you weren't eligible for five years, then you go back on a new ballot, and then you go in in that mm-hmm. class. Like, Mogilny fits that bill. Kachuk fits that bill. These guys should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame and not be limited to four guys every year, especially when you look at next year's class, and it's none too hot. I mean, Henrik Lundqvist is a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion, if Roberto Luongo was. But then Justin Williams? Yeah. Justin Williams scored some big goals in his career, but... He also was is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Absolutely not. No, absolutely and not. And no, no, there's no no slight to him. It's just you're you're not a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's just about it. That's just and a fact. Zetterberg, does Zetterberg get in on this next go around? Ooh, I think he should. I think he should have got in over Alfredson. That's true. Just you know what I I I I get fired up about this stuff for absolutely no reason because it's just it's not going to change. It's the same thing with base. Like the Hall of Fame is just. Ugh. Such a, it's a very, very prestigious honor that's awarded in a, in a unprestigious way. I'll leave it at that, NRD. Um, before we get out of here, three things for you. One, get well soon, Kim Pagula. Yes. Who is still in a hospital in Boca Raton, hoping, uh, looks like she's improving. I know there's some rumors yesterday that were kind of uh, the contrary. I've heard both sides of these rumors, and I'm going to stick. I'm going to stay out of it. So get well soon. Um, she's resting, and hopefully things continue to get better for her. Number two, um, USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten. Did you see this? Yeah, it's so it's the end of you know conferences in football. I just have the SEC and the Big Ten, which I'm not necessarily opposed to, but it's the end of it's the end of seven. Con- it's the end of the Power Five. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then I think we get, uh, I think we end up getting hockey in the uh, in LA USC hockey team. There you go. I'm sure they have a great club team. Same with UCLA. But let's get some hockey teams out there. Uh, and then the number three NRD. If you were to get the Stanley Cup for a day, where are you going to take it? It's a good question. Without uh, doxing myself, as the kids say. <laughs> so it's loaded. Um, okay. Well, the, you don't have to answer. I'll answer. I'll, I'm taking it to the uh, the track at Saratoga. Right. It's getting in the winner's circle with the ponies. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that idea. Why not? It's home for you. There you go. Maybe you'll join. Yeah, you can join me. I, you know Fly what? I'll, have, you I'll join you, Brett. We're, we'll take the cup. We'll have a okay. co-day with the Stanley Cup. One thing I wanted to add, I don't know if you saw this. It just came through as we were uh, recording this, that the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning are working on a destination for Ryan McDonough. It's not done yet. They're just working with him to find a spot that he'd be okay to going to, and he's going to be the cap casualty this year for the Lightning. That's yeah. Uh, we we knew we knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that kind of free up Cernak and and uh, uh, Sergachev at this point to sign, or do they they probably still have more gymnastics to do on that? Sure, cap. they have gymnastics to do, but they have guys like Sorelli that you're going to have to sign now. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely gets the flexibility is constricted, especially in a world where we're still playing with an 81 million dollar salary cap. 
um, why the NHL yeah. committed to leaving a flat cap. They should have, you know, it's so, so many dumb. regrets it's so, about why why they 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 committed for like years to a flat cap because they it's didn't. Just, expect, what are you talking? I about? I mean, the TV deal surpassed everyone's expectations, and the NHL had a record year in revenue. Yeah, it should have uh, should have been more optimistic about the outlook. Is what really where it went wrong. The NHL thought they were going to get fried again this year in the books, and then it needed to be flat. Now they have a mass amount of revenue. They had a record year. The TV deals are in place. The cap could conceivably be at ninety two and a half. It will be at ninety two and a half when they come back from this flat cap era. Mm-hmm. But why they committed to it for an you know determinate amount of time is stupid to me. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, if they just wouldn't be so short sighted. Uh-oh. So I'll, I'll leave you guys with a wedding crashers quote. And uh, on that note, we are out of here. We'll see you guys next week for the draft. We'll be uh, we'll be getting after it. Probably some live stuff. Probably some some uh, plenty of cold stuff for you guys coming next week. Uh, looking forward to it. NRD, you're not leaving Twitter, are you? Not fucking leaving. I fucking leave it. NRD at NHL Rumors Daily on Twitter. I'm Schmerman at Schmerman on Twitter as well. And Instagram hit Cold Stove Pod at Cold Stove Pod on both of those platforms. See you guys uh, next week. See you.